So, we're gonna review first. I haven't been here in a long time, so you're gonna have to help me. What have we been looking at for the past seven weeks? John. Gospel of John. What's gospel mean? Good news. Yes, good job. So what is um, different about the book of John from the other books that are gospels? What's different about the book of John from Matthew, Mark, and Luke? Phoebe. John was Jesus' best friend, and he starts from the beginning, like the very Okay, that is unique He's that he goes back the farthest. He was also the last one alive. He was. He lived to be 90 something. In like some cave off in the middle of nowhere. The Isle of Patmos. Sure. What'd you say? Get in. Oh. He was in the wilderness. Um, John the Baptist. Oh, no, no. He died young. He did not live. He died at like 32. Oh, man. And put on a silver platter. Yes. This way is Yes. So, what else about the Gospel of John? What have we been focused on as we picked out parts of it? Him. Who's him? John. No. Jesus. Yes. The bird well, that was like a dove, but like it looked like a dove, but it was like, right. if you explained, and orange to somebody and you said it was basketball. It's like a basketball. But yes. I'm not. Without the black lines. Right. So, why did I, why did we talk about the dove? Because it was the beginning of Jesus' ministry. Yes. And what did the dove, what is the dove in that? Jesus. The Holy Spirit, right? Okay. And What's important about Jesus having a ministry on earth? What is, why would Jesus even do that? Phoebe. Because the only way to get to God is through Jesus, so we had to have one? Yes, but why do it? Why become a baby and be born and live as a human? So. Remember, 200%? He's 200%. He's 100% human and then 100% God. Right. So he can know what it's like to be a human? Mm, so we... Kind of, but think about it from your perspective. So Why does can, it matter that he relate. was human? Okay, yes. Right? To Because Jesus is all about having what with you? Relationship. A relationship with you. So when you have similar experiences, you have, you create a bond with someone, right? Like Abby is creating bonds with college friends because they're doing the same things and experiencing the same things and eating the same food and all that stuff. Just like you guys are creating bonds with people in school and at church because you do the same things and then when you're old, you can say, remember when we did that? And nobody else will be able to remember that except for those people. Yeah. 
So Jesus does the same stuff where he has gone through the same overall life experience of being a human, being hungry, being thirsty, being sad, hurting, feeling pain, feeling happiness, going to weddings. All He did all that stuff, okay? And the Gospel of John is about God's perspective, right? Have you heard Levi say that? Yeah. Yeah. It's it, right? It's about how God looks at all of us. How he's getting the big overall picture. How he's looking down on the whole plan that is being acted out in the book of John. Um, I think this was three weeks ago. Maybe two weeks. Did you talk about sheep? And oh, a, wait, that and might a wall. one where just Natalia was there. Oh, there do you remember Natalia? Only Natalia was there. The sheep and the good shepherd. Yeah, because Nancy and Lynn came three weeks ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I wasn't there. Yeah, yeah I wasn't yeah, there. The sheep folks, the sheep stuff, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so what was important about that? Why would Jesus talk about a shepherd and sheep? Because he's a good shepherd. Okay, what does that mean? To you, what does that represent? He's protecting us. Right. Okay. <coughs> and because there was, if we're looking down on it, well, that's a bad marker. Or I pulled the cap off too long. These are all the rock wall, right, that the shepherd make, and then there is the mountain edge. Right, the shepherd lays down here, and he sleeps there, <laughs> so then nobody can get in except through him, right? You can step over him with decision. I was a sheep. Wow. <laughs> can he be a happy sheep? Yeah, make him happy, please. Oh, he's so sad. <laughs> so. What's, what's, if you are inside of the fold, what, who do you belong to? The shepherd. Okay. If you are outside of the fold, who do you belong to? The shepherd. Yes, well, you still belong to the shepherd. You're just not in there. What did somebody else say? Yeah, but the what did Jesus said you can only serve what? One master. Right, you can't serve two masters. Now, you could be lost, right, because Jesus talks about going out and rescuing the sheep and bringing them back. That's what he wants to do with everybody. But if you go out on purpose? At the end of the day, there will come a day where you are either in the fold or you're out of the fold, right? There is a time limit whether it's your life on earth or the earth ends there is a time limit okay i just bring that up to relate that back because it will apply to today so um and another thing we haven't talked about this yet 
because it's not in the Gospel of John, but it relates. But you've probably heard this before. What is the Church of God like? It's a man. It's the bride. <laughs> Waiting for the groom who is Jesus. Okay, the church is the bride, yes. What else is the church like? Church of God is like a person, a body. Yeah, I kind of gave it away. So, right? Do you remember ever talking about that? Yes. Anyone? No. Yes. We talked about it like five years ago when I was. Audrey was still okay. Downstairs one when we talked about it. Okay. She was down there with them, is what she means. Yeah. Oh, I was like, how? <laughs> so. That is to say that the whole church is supposed to function together, to be one group. They all have parts to do um, because everybody has different what? Jobs. Okay, jobs is good. Roles. Roles is good. Parts. Body parts. Responsibility. Yes, all those are true. How about gifts? Like what you are naturally given oh. abilities to do different things. Can you think of anyone? Oh, I don't know if I should ask this, but can you think of anyone in our church who has natural or has talents that they use for the church? Phoebe. John can play the drums. Yes, that is very good because I have the worst rhythm ever, and you would not want me to play the drums. Ever. Really bad. Yeah. Um, but John can do it perfectly every time, doesn't miss a beat. Yes. And while he sings and does whatever else, right? What other. Are there other. Things. Maybe like Pastor Olson, I don't know. Well, okay, that's an <laughs> obvious one, right? <laughs> Maybe he can very much put good information in. Dave and Cindy show up to like everything. Yes, the they do. Support so much effort. They do. They are going, going, going all the time, busy. They, I, they have many talents, but the thing that they always do is they fill whatever gap is needed. They say, what do you need? I will do whatever you need. Even if I've never done it before, I'll do it. Yes. 
They've done it quite a few times now. <laughs> okay, so you, you can imagine, and I'm sure you could think of many, many more, but each person has a part, just like the body, the eye has to be good at seeing. That's what it does, right? If the toe cannot be the eye. If you tried to use your toe to read your Bible, it does not work. I guess unless you had Braille. And that. Okay, it wasn't the perfect analogy. But you can't use your nose to read your Bible. That's for sure. You can't smell your Bible and know what Jesus. word it is. All right? So I want you to keep these ideas in your mind that you have the shepherd, that you are all the sheep together, that you belong to Jesus. You're one, you're one flock that you're all part of a body, you have roles and talents, and it's important that you do those things, okay? Um, so, I'm and then we're going to get to a, our picture that we're going to look tonight that, of how Jesus also sees all of us. Has anybody ever grown grapes? Or do you have grapevines at your house? Okay. Anybody have fruit trees at their house? <laughs> I made I made the connection. So, what do you know about growing fruit? You put water it grows on it. Okay, water matters. You need to trim the trees. You do need to trim the trees. Yes. Okay. So, how do you make? I brought a grapevine. Oh, that's what it is. Nobody recognized it. Dick. So, how do you make good grapes grow? Okay, you need sunlight. You don't like grapes? No, I said you don't take off the vine. Oh, yeah. well, <laughs> that's, that's not little, quite true. That's what I said. Um, how, but how do you grow nice big fruit on your grape? Trim off all the extra stuff that takes the nutrients. You have to. Okay, take yes. Off, and then Jesus is going to trim off all the, the bad people and take all the good ones. Right? No, he trims off the bad ones. Sort of. of and that, so that that's what we're going to look at more tonight. So you have all these. This is our main vine, right? This big, hefty, strong part that you can swing like Tarzan through the woods on. <laughs> And then you have all these branches that grow off of it. Now, Gideon said you have to cut off the branches that you don't want. How do you know which ones you don't want? They don't have fruit. They don't grow They're fruit. Not They're not bearing, right? They are failing. Now, when you do that, when you cut off, sometimes you even cut off branches that do bear fruit. Little tiny. Did you know that? Because what does that tell the tree to do, do you know? Or the vine? Grow more. Say, oh my gosh, I gotta grow more. I'm being attacked, I'm under stress, I'm being aggravated, and I gotta grow more vigorously and more quickly. Now they say another interesting thing is they say that the best wine, which you take grapes and you mash them up, you add yeast to it to ferment it, and you make wine. The best wine is made from grape vines that are under stress. 
And that's not just that have been trimmed because they do that with all grape vines to grow great, good grapes. But they actually want like the weather to have been bad, slightly bad that year or not quite enough water because the stress makes them, for whatever reason, makes it a better vintage of wine. That's how you, apparently, I'm not an expert. I don't grow grapes for wine, just to eat. And um, we're gonna look now, because the Bible says all of this stuff, at John chapter 15, and we're just gonna read verse one to start. And for context, this is at the Last Supper that Jesus is saying this to the disciples. 15 verse 1. Yep. I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Okay. So, who is the vine then? Jesus. Jesus, right? Because he's talking here. And do some of you have I am capitalized? Yeah. All caps? Well, Not the am, but the I. Okay. Anybody have the am Capitalized. Is that because it's a name? Well, because Jesus it, is the He I. is I am, right? Okay, just pointing that out. So who do, then, what, well, the, it says the father is the husbandman. Who is that? The God the father. He, what would you, what would we call that? A farmer, that's good. Yes. The grapes. No. It's it, or maybe if it's at home, you might be a gardener or something like that, right? It's anybody who's taking care of the vine itself. So he's trying, he's explaining what their roles are here. Let's go on and read verse 2 now. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Okay. So, what does he do to the branches if they're not producing fruit? What's he do if they are producing fruit? What does that mean? I don't know. He keeps them. Well, purging is like... 24 hours. Like, okay, no. Okay, why did you say that? Because that's the only thing that I know. Oh, okay. Well, you could purge something for 24 hours. Okay, I know what you're talking about now. What were you gonna say, what purge means? Well, usually like purge, purging is the opposite of like binging, you know what I mean? So like purging your okay. something. Yes, okay. Anyone else? Have you ever heard somebody say that they're going to purge a pump? No. Doesn't that, aren't they like, Purging is. I don't know what the word is. Phoebe. I know that the purge is like stopping all laws, so what if it's just like stopping? Okay, right. So stopping. Well, it's usually if you purge a pump, it means you're flushing all the water through the pipes and cleaning it out. Okay, that makes sense. Yes. Purge. So, like, I have a like a paint sprayer for painting a house. And when you're done with it, and there's still paint in the pup, if you leave it in there, it will dry up and it'll seize up your machine and it won't work anymore. 
So you have to purge it with water and then you purge it with another fluid that keeps it from rusting. Purge is probably not the best translation for, for us today for what that means. A better translation would be to prune something. Do you know what it means to prune? Yeah, trim. Trim, right? Is, is that dip, would you say that's different than cut off? Yes. Yes. Sort of, right? It definitely is different than, you could say. Like if you go to trim your hair, you don't shave your head. Like. Right, you trim a little bit off. You are doing things healthy. to make it, yes, to maintain it, to make it better, okay? But you're not getting rid of it. So, but what's interesting is in both cases, it is putting the branch and the whole vine under stress, right? It is causing that branch to be aggravated. Now, <clears throat> we're going to look at two disciples tonight. And it's going to relate to our vine because right, each of those disciples is a branch on the vine, just like each of you is a branch on the vine. So I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 14. And we're going to read verse 27 through 31 to start. should have explained the context before we started. They are in the storm, on the water, in Galilee, in a boat, okay? Jesus has walked out to them on the water, and now he is told, Peter is asking to come out on the water. Okay, go ahead. And he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, mm -hmm. he... He was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him, and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thy doubt? Okay. So. What, what's up with Peter? Peter he's had some scared. second thoughts. Well, he thought that he could do it. So he's like, I'm going to walk and out he did. the water. And, and he did. But then he, he looked and then he was like, oh no. He said, the waves are boisterous. Boisterous water that scared him. Yes. And Jesus said to him, when he helped him back up out of the water. No, he said, where did your faith? Didst your faith? Yep. Well, he said, where, where didst thou doubt? Oh, I said, what did I do wrong? I don't do that so, Peter had a little lack of faith. Do you think you would have had a little lack of yes. faith on the water? I don't think I would have even been on the water. Yeah, I probably wouldn't have asked like, Jesus if I could come out on the water. Probably like, I not, right? I would have never even had my foot on the <laughs> So let me ask you this. Do you think Peter was a little bit stressed 
in that situation when he's fallen down? A little bit. A little bit, yeah, probably. Probably thought he was going to die. <laughs> All right, let's turn over a page to chapter 16. And we're going to read 21 through 23 now. Guess who this is about? Jesus. Well, yes. Peter. Peter. All right, let's go ahead. From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again on the third day. Okay, so Jesus is telling them, this is what's going to happen to me. I'm going to... Priests and the Pharisees are going to take me, and they are going to kill me, but I will be back on the third day. Okay. Keep then going. Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan, thou art an offense unto me, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Okay. Anybody ever call you Satan? No. Not Wait, you called knowledge. Jesus Satan? No, Jesus called Peter Satan. He said, what you're saying is from Satan. Because Peter said, oh no, we're not going to let anybody kill you. But... This is God's perspective, right? What's God's perspective about oh. Jesus dying? Well, that. But he is going to die. It's his back. plan, yes. He's like, why? You can't be against my plan. That's what Satan does. Two masters, right? All right, so. Think, how do you think Peter felt about himself after that? Pretty bad. Pretty bad, probably, right? Might be a little stressed. Uh, a little more emotionally now. All right. So now the next we're going to go to Luke chapter twenty-two now. It's going to be like the what, like the denying him three times, right? Uh, close. Chapter twenty-two of Luke. Now they're at the Lord's Supper now, and Jesus um, has just done the first communion ever. Okay, just get had them all break the bread, break a piece off and eat it, and they explained to him it was his body, had them drink some wine, and explained that that was his blood shed for them. And all the disciples are now, after that, are arguing about which of them is going to be the greatest when Jesus sets up his kingdom. No, we're going to read verse um, 31 through 34. And this is what happens next. And the Lord said... Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to you, have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith shall not, and when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. And he said unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with thee, both into prison and to death. And he said, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before that thou shalt thrice deny that you knowest me. Okay. So, Peter seems to be around Satan a lot, doesn't he? Yeah, he's a pretty Okay. I don't know. <laughs> it was the only one that made sense. The only All right. Satan. <laughs> oh, but maybe you Peter's might think that, but 
the funny, not funny, but um, n coincidentally, Pastor Eric was talking about the Lord's Prayer in adult Bible study and talking about that to deliver us from evil, you know, that part in the Lord's Prayer. And he was talking about how he has had throughout his life that Satan has been around him and after him a lot. What does that tell you? Does it to everybody? He does, but some people more. Why? Oh! Yes. Oh, because he knows that he's a really good pastor, so he wants to not preach people anymore. He's a threat to Satan, well, cause this right? Because this is how I, I heard this somewhere. Thieves don't break into empty houses. So it's like Satan. Right. Like, right. Yeah. Exactly. So Peter is in the same boat where, and Jesus tells him, look, Satan is out to get you. But what does Jesus say he's going to do for him? It's right there. Verse 32. He's going to pray for him. He's going to wow. pray for him. Wow. You ever hear that Jesus prayed for you? Yeah. yeah? Good. Abby, did you know? Pretty, that's pretty, that means a lot, doesn't it? That Jesus told him, I'm praying for you. Even though you're going to be, go through this horrible thing where Satan is going to try to beat you up. That's, that's what he's talking about. The beat, he's going to sift you as wheat. You have to beat wheat to sift it. And he says, I prayed that you will be strengthened through that. So another stressful thing that, Peter is going to go through. Now, <clears throat> we're going to go back to the book of John again. Sorry, we're jumping around a lot tonight. And we're going to look at verse 6. Or sorry, chapter 6. There's not just one verse. Chapter 6, verse 64 through 71. And um, <clears throat> but there are some of you that believe not, for Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not, and who should they betray him? Verse 65. We're going to go to 71. I thought we were just reading one verse. And he said, therefore, I said, and he said, therefore, said I unto you, that no man came from unto me, except it were given unto him of my father. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, will ye also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. Okay, so, hold on, pause there. So, amazingly, Peter, to his credit, already understands that all life, anything that's worth, is contained in Jesus. And Jesus says, are you, are you other disciples going to leave me just like everybody else has? And Peter says, there's nowhere else to go. This is it. We don't have anywhere else to go. You're it. 
And that was very wise of Peter to say. See, Peter is either on the money or he's saying stuff that Satan says. But that's just because he's willing to take risks and put himself out there. Um, so let's continue reading and see what happens next. Verse 69. And we believe and we are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered them, Have not I chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil? He spake of Judas Iscariot, in the son of Solomon, for he is, it was that should betray him, being one of the twelve. Okay. That's all right. So, this is the other person we're looking at tonight. The other disciple is Judas. Bad. Bad, right? Uh, instantly, any nobody ever met anyone named Judas, did they? No. No. Nope. Probably never will, right? And but. What does Jesus say? He says, I have chosen all of you twelve, even though one of you is the devil. Which is Judas, right? He is because he knows what he's going to do. And that means that he added Peter onto his, onto his the vine. He added John. He added Andrew. He added Philip. And he also added Judas. He grafted him into his vine. Even though he knew what he was going to do, right? Interesting. Now, we don't know a whole lot about Judas Iscariot. There are two Judases, by the way. Just, just so you know, there is another one. And usually they say not Judas Iscariot when his name comes up. So there's no confusion. And we don't know a lot about Judas Iscariot. Um, he is. That is the one thing we know about him. And we're going to look at the story, the famous one about him, in chapter 12, if you want to turn over to that chapter of John. And we're going to read 1 through 6 now. Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. There they made him a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus is one of them that sat at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of ointment of spikenard, mm -hmm. very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Then saith one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him. Why was not this ointment sold for three hundred pence and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had to bag and bear what was put therein. Okay. So... What does that little story, you've probably heard it before, tell you about Judas? Okay, so what does he care about most? Money. He said he didn't care about the Um, No, he is, he is using that as 
a, like a masking reason for why he wanted to get the money for it. He said, oh, we could have used that money if we sold it for the poor people. But that's not, he may have used some of that, but it says, John says, that's not why he, he didn't care for the poor people. It's because he was a thief. He knew if they could sell it for a year's wages, which today would be anywhere from forty to eighty thousand oh dollars, that he probably would have taken, you know, something like five, ten thousand, and put it in his pocket, and nobody would have noticed because he was in charge of all the money for the group. So, cared more about money than what Jesus was doing. That was what his focus was. What can I get out of this for myself? So what kind of fruit is he producing? Sour fruit. Yeah, bad fruit. Spicy fruit. Not good. So Judas is really, he's becoming a cancer within the body of Christ. Coming a tumor. Okay. Hey, get off. <laughs> Let's go uh, flip another chapter over back to John chapter 13. Oh. Or we were in 15 before, but now we're going to be in John 13. And this is, we're back at the Last Supper again. And Jesus um, is now, they're all seated at, seated at the table. And they are talking among each other, and um, they have, I think they've already had, um, they've already done communion now, and they are just eating together. And let's see what happens now. Verse 21 of chapter, John chapter 13. When Jesus had thus said, he was troubled in spirit and testified and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. Then the disciples looked at one another, doubting of whom he spake of. Now there, now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom, which one of his disciples, whom Jesus loved. Simon Peter therefore beckoned to him, that he would ask who it should be of whom he spake. He then lying on Jesus' breast, saith unto him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, He... It is to whom I shall give a sop, and I have dipped it, and when he has had dipped the sop, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. And after the sop, Satan entered into him, then said Jesus unto him, that thou doest do quickly. Okay. Did you think it was kind of strongly stated when Jesus called Judas Iscariot the devil before? Well, he knew what was going to happen, that as soon as Judas made that final decision to betray Jesus, that Satan entered into him. Just like you can have the Holy Spirit in you, you can also be possessed by demons, or in this case, Satan himself. You're by opening a door, he allowed Satan into his heart. So, but... The interesting thing here is that Jesus, it says that he held out the sop. Anybody know what that is? It's like the, it's like, isn't that like the special part? 
The special part. It is. It had within the ceremony bid become like a special part that you gave it to like the guest of honor. So it was a piece of bread that you then dip in this dip and then you give it to them. And Jesus says, he does that, dips it and holds it out. And he says, whoever takes this is the one who's going to betray me. Because Peter had said, was... John was sitting on one side of Jesus, Judas was on the other, and Peter is somewhere there in the line, and he's like, John, ask him who it is, because he was just talking, one of you is going to betray me, and Peter's like, come on, ask him. So John whispers and says, who is it going to be? And Jesus says, whoever I takes the sop from me. Did you like whisper to John, or was it like a big announcement? Whoever I give this um, It's not clear. It's not clear. He may have just said it to John, who wrote the book, because it's all. This is the only book that it's recorded in. Or it could have been that he said it to everyone, or maybe he just said it at a normal level, and other people might have been talking and not heard it. Like Peter. Well, Peter asked about it. Peter would have been paying attention. Yep. And he did not. Well. We think that maybe the Gospel of Mark was written by Mark, but um, he was related. To, I think he was the nephew of Peter, so he may have got a lot of this information. But anyways, so Judas, it's interesting because Jesus holds out the sop. He doesn't force it into Judas's hand or anything like that. Judas has to lift his own hand and take it knowing that that's what Jesus just said because he's sitting right next to him. So what is Judas saying by taking that from Jesus? He's going to betray Jesus. It's my fault that you're going to die. I am Satan. Well, he's saying, <laughs> I'm choosing to do this on my own. No one's making me do this. I'm not being forced into this. I choose this. And then after Judas takes it, he runs out into the night. And then Jesus talks with the disciples for one last time. And that's what the next two chapters are about, is the last things that Jesus ever says before he dies. And that's what we read at the beginning part of that, is chapter 15, if you turn over a verse, or a chapter, we read is verses 1 and 2. But there's more here about the vine that we didn't read yet. So I want to read now verse 3 through 6 of chapter 15. Sorry. Doesn't matter, whoever wants to. Okay. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth him forth much fruit, for without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered, and men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. Okay, so notice that Jesus says, abide in me. 
What does that mean? Do what it says. What's it mean to abide? Do what it says. No. Well, oh, okay. Abide yes. in the rules, but like if you abide in someone that's like, I don't know, you trust them and you like. Yes. Put your safety in their hands. Yes. Let's. So you're right. So you can abide by the rules, meaning you follow them, but it's even more than just that you follow them because here's another definition of abide or another um, context for it. Where do you abide at night? In my bed. <laughs> in your bed, in your house. Abide is usually like where you live, where your place is. Like a humble Your abode? place, yes. <laughs> your humble abode. So, if you abide the law, it's like you live within the law, okay? Oh. You, you, yes. It, more than you follow it, that you almost like attach yourself to the law, that you are part of it. You are that closely follow it, that you're a part of it. So Jesus is saying, I want you to be that close to me, that you are, you, you live in me. And, but if he says, I, abide in me, Who, who makes that decision? The person. the person does. Just that wording of him saying, abide in me, it puts that choice into your hands. And you choose if you want to graft onto his vine. You can make that choice to graft onto him or not to. It's going all over the place. So if you don't, What are you going to produce? Nothing. Not much. Definitely nothing good. What happens, though, if you are grafted in and then you stop producing? You're going to get cut off and hurt. Yeah. You, you're going to get cut off, right? Get out of here, Judas. But here's the thing. I did, not, I did not plan on that. So, but what is what does he say though? Back in verse two, about every branch that beareth fruit. He purges it. He prunes it, right? So, if he's Peter, he's going to get trimmed too, right? But what's the difference? He's not cutting Peter off. Peter's still there. What did Peter choose to do? He, he chose to, to say no Jesus. So he's cutting off the bad thing. No, what did Peter do? Peter. He didn't say no to Jesus. He said, he said I don't know Jesus. He did say that. But what did he do later? He was a martyr. No, that's Judas. Judas did. He did. So what would that tell you about 
his he relationship with Jesus. God. He loved Jesus, so he died. And what do you do after you did something against Jesus? You repent. You repent. He repented, right? And you know that he felt bad about it because what did he do later? After, uh, well, immediately after the, the yes, he went and wept bitterly, it says. He was very sad about what he did. So all that, when he's getting trimmed, that's him being put under stress to produce greater fruit later. That's Jesus putting him, allowing him to be put through the test where Satan is beating him so that he's going to produce better fruit because he eventually becomes one of the key leaders in spreading the gospel. But we have Judas. What did Judas do after he betrayed Jesus? He killed himself. Is that it? Oh, and he tried to give the money back to the people. Yeah. He said, I don't know. And they were like, no. Matthew says that it's that he repented and tried to give the money back. So did he? Yeah, but then he killed himself. Yeah, but you can't go to heaven if you murder yourself. Yes, that's not true. Wait, I thought you couldn't because you. It's not in the Bible anywhere. That is something that the Catholic Church has kind of come up with. So Gideon asks a good question. What happened? Where is he? The best answer to that is that that's not our decision, right? You will have to wait and see and find out what God decided. And you don't know what Judas, where his heart was when he died. Okay? So, all that to say, though, that you don't want to get cut off from the vine. Okay? You want to be grafted in and you want to remain on that vine that is the life, that is Jesus. And it doesn't mean that you're not going to get trimmed that you're not going to go through stressful things, but that's what you need. If you want to grow stronger, produce better fruit, and be a good part of the body of Christ, to be a good part of that grapevine that produces fruit, you are going to have to go through stressful things and hard things, and they're different for everybody. But Jesus allows that to happen because his goal is to produce as much good fruit as possible. All right. Thank you very much, guys. And we'll do another final week next week.